0: Welcome to the Drive Deeper podcast, where we gather together on your morning commute to dive deeper into the scripture and give you a word to meditate on the rest of the day so that you can walk closely with the Lord during your busy week. Today we're going to be looking at a passage in Luke chapter 2. And we're going to be asking the question, and I want to ask the question, Am I confident in God's sovereign plan? When I read through this passage in Luke, I was out on a walk with my dog. My wife and my child were both down with the stomach flu. And my wife said, you know, why don't you go for a walk with the dog? Get some fresh air. You've been in the house taking care of us. Uh, Go ahead and go for a walk. And so I went on my normal route in my neighborhood where I walk my dog. And then there was a certain part in the walk where I would typically go straight where something in my heart just said, turn left. And when that happens, I've learned to just kind of follow those impressions. And so I take a left, and it's at this very moment that I'm pulling out my Bible app to start reading Luke chapter 2. And I start reading this. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when... Corinius was governor of Syria, and all went out to be registered, each to his own town. And as I finish that verse, I look up, and there's a middle-aged woman who's walking from her garage into her car. It looks like she's, she's heading to work. And so just trying to be a good neighbor, I say, hey, you know, how's it going? How's your morning? And she turns around, and the first thing she says to me is, you look like Jesus walking around. You're like a ray of sunshine on this crazy and cloudy day. And I told her, well, I'm a follower of Jesus. Uh, That's wonderful if that's true. And we were able to have a short conversation about, about the Lord. Now, This particular instance was so impactful for me because just in the past 24 hours, I was thinking about how important it is to become a neighborhood missionary, how the Lord has placed me and my family in the house we are in, on the block we are in, in the neighborhood we are in for a purpose at such a time as this so that we can impact our neighborhood for the kingdom. And the first time that I walk my dog in the neighborhood with this sort of mindset, this is what this woman says to me. And as I continued on past her house after uh, we said our goodbyes, I continued on in verse 4 where it says, And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, Because he was of the house and lineage of David to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. So this verse hit me in a way that was way different than it ever has before because of how I had just seen God's sovereignty in getting the thought of becoming a neighborhood missionary on my mind through my senior pastor, my wife deciding it's a good time for you to go on a walk with the dog, go get some fresh air, the Lord putting it on my heart to take this left that I never do. And at that very moment, this woman is walking to her car and we get to have a conversation about Jesus. So when I read verse four this time, rather than saying, well, of course, Joseph is from Bethlehem and Jesus is born there, I say, huh, I've always wondered the significance of Joseph within Jesus' story. What happens if the man that Mary is betrothed to is of the tribe of Benjamin or is of the tribe of Dan? The Messiah is not born in Bethlehem. So Joseph plays a vital role in God's sovereign plan because in betrothing Mary in deciding not to divorce her because of what Gabriel has shared with him, he brings his wife, he brings his wife, who is about to give birth to child, to Bethlehem and the prophecy of Micah 5:2 comes into being. So with this in mind, let's track back a little bit and see how this passage should impact the way that we trust and have confidence in God's sovereign plan. So the first thing is that we should have confidence in the big details. God is in control of all things. We see this in the first two verses of the passage where Caesar Augustus puts out a decree that the entire world should be registered at this very time. This sets into motion the Messiah being born in Bethlehem. Without this decree, what would have had to happen to get Joseph to make the decision to bring his pregnant, soon-to-be wife down to Bethlehem? Really important family party, important family marriage. I mean, what would it have taken for him to say, Mary, I know you're at this point in your pregnancy, but we have to go to Bethlehem. The Lord sovereignly put this into motion by having the ruler of the Roman Empire decide now is the time for everybody to be registered in the world. So, we should be able to trust God in the big details, in decisions that the government makes, in things that are happening around the world, because God is in control of all things. The second thing is that we should have confidence in God in the small details. You know, when it comes down to it, Joseph is a minor character in God's plan of salvation. He's not an Abraham, he's not a Moses. He's not a David, but it was because of his lineage that Jesus was born in Bethlehem. Trust God in even the smallest details. You might feel like a minor character in God's plan, but look at what a vital role Joseph played in this. The next thing that we should have confidence in is God's perfect timing. We see that it was while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. God's timing is always perfect, and we need to trust in him. I know if you're like me, this is maybe one of the hardest parts. In the theological realm, it's very easy to trust in God's sovereignty, but I'll give you an example from this week. This week is finals week for me. I've got a Hebrew final, and for the past week, Either my wife and son or I have had the stomach flu. The holidays are coming up. This is an awesome time to fellowship with our friends at church. And two nights in a row at the end of this week, we were supposed to have them over and had to cancel because I'm still sick with the stomach flu right now. So, in times like this, that's when I find it often most difficult to trust in God's perfect timing, because if it was up to me, this would be like the least perfect timing that there possibly is. What do you mean the day that I intended to spend studying Hebrew all day, I'm actually going to be curled up on the couch, unable to move because I feel so sick? How is that perfect timing? And yet, even as I sit here recording this devotion right now, I can testify to the truthfulness of God's timing being perfect, even in this. God's timing is perfect. We might not see it. We might not understand it. But as his plan unfolds, we begin to see why his timing was so important and was so perfect. So when things seem out of place, when things are not going in accordance with your perception of perfect timing, remember that you can have confidence in God's sovereign plan and his perfect timing. And finally, we can have confidence in God's sovereign plan in our suffering. We get this from the last verse of this passage in verse 7. Scripture says, And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. Let's just recap what we just learned before we get to this point. God caused a global census to take place, brought to Mary a man who was from the tribe of Judah in the lineage of David, so that when this census happened, in God's perfect timing, they would travel to Bethlehem so that the Messiah would be born where he was prophesied to be born. And yet, when he gets there, there's no room for him in the inn. You're telling me God couldn't have prepared a room for him ahead of time, if that's what he wanted to do. But here's the thing. God has purpose even in this detail in his plan, which to Mary and Joseph probably didn't make sense either. Wait, Mary's going to give birth to the Messiah and we've come to Bethlehem and there's not even a place for us to stay? Why? Often our whys are not answered, but we can trust in God even in the midst of our suffering. We see how, looking back some 2,000 years from the birth of Jesus when this happened, this gives us confidence in the kind of king, the kind of God that he is, that he was willing to be humbled to such an extent that when he was born into this world, there was no place for him to stay. He shares a roof over his head with the animals his first bed is the trough that those animals had been eating out of the night before and yet this is the sovereign king of the universe don't you want to worship a king like that don't you want to allow yourself to be humbled as you serve a king like that because he was willing to do that for you As you go through this Christian walk, you're going to experience many trials. You're going to experience suffering. And yet, remember that you can have confidence and trust in God even in the midst of your suffering because he has a purpose for it and is going to bring that purpose about in your life. And there's nothing that anyone can do to stop him.